You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Hi, welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Christina Covello-Garcia, who is the National Manager of Marketing Communications at Hyundai Canada. Christina's wealth of experience across many areas of the automotive industry has established her as a well-rounded and collaborative leader. She has been with Hyundai Canada for 12 years, where she's developed and executed national dealer development and after-sales programs. Christina, welcome to Marketing News Canada. Uh, Me and the guests are really excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Daryl. Very much looking forward to our conversation. Awesome. So you shared with me that you just got back from quite a bit of traveling. Where have you just got back from? (laughs) Yes, that's true. It's been a whirlwind. Uh, So I'm actually... um, part of the Kellogg Schulich uh, Executive MBA program, and I've had the fortune of doing three global elective sets already this year, uh, and the first of which brought me to Lisbon, uh, followed by (laughs) Miami, always a great time in Miami, and then lastly, uh, just last week, actually, I just returned from Tel Aviv. Uh, where I, the last part was actually the most interesting because it was all about um, tech entrepreneurs and venture capital and uh, it was a very exciting program being almost like in the tech capital of the world. Wow, that's, that's quite a bit of traveling so far this year. We're only into just in the March as well, so that's quite impressive. During a pandemic. Um, <laughs> during a pandemic, yeah. So your home base right now is Toronto. Um, yeah, how long do you plan to be there before you start picking up and traveling again. Yes, very true. I mean, I I wish it was um, auto show season and I I wouldn't be here today. Uh, But uh, no, I I actually, I need to uh, spend some time here with the family. Um, My work misses me as well. And uh, and so I'm really, I'm home pretty pretty much for the next two months, aside from maybe some shorter business travel, uh, probably most likely to the US. Um, But then I actually continue my, uh, my EMBA uh, through to July, and I have three more trips lined up before I graduate. My goodness, <laughs> that's quite something. Keeping well, busy. I wanted... <laughs> oh yeah, definitely to say the least. I wanted our audience to uh, get to know who they're talking, hear who who I'm talking to a little bit better, and and hear about your background. So I'm really curious to understand how did you get into where you are today? How did you get into marketing? What was your origin story? What, what how did you end up here? Sure. So uh, my story of being part of the marketing leadership team is uh, probably a bit unconventional. Uh, It truly only started over seven months ago uh, when I was given the opportunity to be the head of marketing communications at Hyundai Canada. And so I'm responsible for the various departments of brand, retail, events and sponsorship. And really, my background is not that. Um, So trying to tie it back to marketing, I would say when I was younger, I wanted to be an actress. Mm -hmm. I mean, which kid doesn't? And uh, and obviously, I love commercials. And and now I get to be behind the scenes. So um, I'd say with all that, most importantly, I love telling stories. And so mm-hmm. mine is, is that I've worked in auto for over 20 years, uh, enough to make me a lifer. I love it. Uh, I idolize my, my father, who, uh, who's actually a mechanic by trade. And, and really, that's what I had aspired to be uh, once my um, actress dreams failed. And uh, yet my mother was my true north, and uh, she knew better. And so off I went to business school. But uh, when I graduated, I knew this was the industry I wanted to be in. And so um, after working at the Ford Ontario truck plant, 
uh, to kind of pay my way through my undergrad. As soon as I graduated, I, uh, I moved out to Saskatoon, uh, where no, I was a field nice. rep with General Motors, yeah, in the area of service. Um, so it was um, a parts and accessory role, and so imagine a 23-year-old me um, in the middle of the prairies um, advising many wiser uh, men uh, what to do with their warranty and customer experience dollars, and so it was a little bit of a, a struggle, but I was very fortunate that I, I actually have quite a technical background, again, just uh, mm -hmm. from the how I grew up, and so from that experience, I was actually able to... Um, continue on through Western Canada and moved over to the sales side of the business um, till eventually I, I came back to Toronto and uh, that is when I joined uh, Hyundai. Um, started in the field there as well. So uh, just very vast experience from the, you know, from rural to GTA and just getting a really good sense of mm -hmm. all of the markets and, and different geography across the country uh, to when I was uh, given the opportunity to work in dealer development. And uh, really I would say that um, a lot of my learning came from that area of the business where mm. I find it, um, you know, extremely unique in the auto industry where you deal with, uh, you know, lawyers to um, realtors to uh, mm -hmm. even architects. And so and, and obviously the dealer network being the, the biggest asset for us as a, an automaker. And so um, I would say my, my biggest accomplishments was probably bringing the image program, um, starting that off uh, for the, the great team who has uh, brought what we call the GDSI program to Canada. Um, and from that, I moved into after sales again from a national perspective, um, was able to join the brilliant team of Genesis and the um, very innovative business model that they bring to our country. Um, and, and really now I, I'm, I'm in marketing with this you know, amazing opportunity of something that I've always been truly interested in, uh, where I've you know, studied from a, a formal standpoint in my undergrad, but now even in my EMBA, uh, where I, I get to learn from renowned professors about uh, you know, advertising strategy and brand strategy and getting to put everything to practice. And really, I believe that this is the experience that I needed uh, to provide me you know, a well-roundedness uh, to be the, a future leader at the organization. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, for the, the very granular and expansive details into how you got where you were. I find it really interesting when you say like your technical background is kind of what drove the initial part of your career and uh, interest in non-wealth. Can you maybe go go into that a little bit more? Where does this technical background come from? And, and I'd love to understand that. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I, I wouldn't deter anyone who uh, is not technical from joining the industry. And uh, and really, you don't even have to love cars to get involved with, with where it's going and, and in truly a tech space. Um, but I mean, myself, my personal story, as I said, you know, from my father, I, I grew up where he was turning wrenches and building cars and, and racing a quarter so miles. Cool. And so I've always had this affinity for speed <laughs> for anything with an engine i mean from snowmobiling to skidooing i mean i i ride a harley and uh and so respect <laughs> right so uh, yes anything uh you know I, I personally do love you know automobiles and uh and evolution and then to be part of that and and the things that we get to work on and see them come to life so um but yeah no i, I definitely I, I definitely understand a little bit more from a technical aspect of just having been around a garage for most of my life. Yeah, you grew up with uh, with with automotive being inundated in your in life. My blood. I mean, that makes that makes me think. You know, I'd love for I'd love to understand um, what has been your dream car growing up, 
when you when you start thinking about you know money's no object this is my dream car how, what is your dream car right now and and how does that how has that grown and how has that changed what was your dream car growing up Wow, this is a, a tricky question. You're going to make me, I, I don't want to go off brand. No, <laughs> so um, I mean, right now I'm driving my dream car. Um, I'm actually in a GV70 and I love it. Uh, fantastic vehicle. Um, it's funny that the, this question, I mean, uh, when I grew up, I wanted a, a, a Mitsubishi Eclipse, if you remember those from oh, when I got absolutely. my license. <laughs> absolutely the little bump in the engine <laughs> that was the coolest the yeah um i mean my, my father actually worked um at chrysler and and so the eagle talon and and of course the year i get my license it's discontinued uh, has to tell you something but um no I, I would say if money was no object i mean uh with my italian heritage i'd probably pick a lane there um you know my my eight-year-old son probably knows more about the exotic uh, vehicles than I do, but I, I would I would probably go Ferrari just uh, for the prestige and, of and course. a bucket list. That's amazing. Um, when you say Eclipse, that triggers me because one of my best friends growing up, uh, his dream car was, was the Eclipse and he had this four screen Eclipse at one time. Uh, he got busted driving with too many people because he had the N, which is what you have in BC as like your starter. And I had to drive this car and I couldn't drive. Uh, anything other than automatic. So I still have <laughs> a little bit of PTSD getting this car home. So that, that's so funny. Um, well, thanks for sharing kind of that background. I think that like you, you've described a, a origin story for yourself that makes you a, a pretty good candidate for most fast and furious movies when it comes to the hero. Um, I'd love to understand what you've seen in your time um, working automotive and, and now recently more focused on the marketing side. What are some of the major evolutions you've seen when it comes to automotive marketing over the last 10 years? You had mentioned some of the most exciting things and changes are happening recently. So would love your perspective and, and definitely with, with your lens, I think we can, we can get a lot of value for our listeners. Sure. I mean, by, by no means would I say I, I'm the expert likely out of your audience here. But again, I just think coming from the business side and having a different perspective, uh, what I'm able to do is uh, kind of pull in from all the other stakeholders, really what matters in the, the role that we were providing as support function of marketing. And so, um, mm -hmm. you know, what I have identified, and I mean, and, and you know, this shouldn't be groundbreaking, but I mean, obviously everything's moved to, to digitalization and, and online. And so um, as of late too, I think with social amplification, you know, the importance of influencers, micro influencers, I mean, it's, it's a massive space, uh, you know, that uh, some of us are doing well and, and others have opportunities. Um, really, I, I, you know, to your point, I think now is really where we're seeing the greatest evolution in, in the industry. I mean, mm. for so many years, um, there was no change, really. Uh, or I, I should say minor progress. I mean, now, uh, you know, with the pandemic and everything being forced to online, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 it really sped everything up to hyperspeed of, of just having to evolve uh, our business models. And so now trying to be more connected um, and understand our customers. So, you know, shifting to customization, um, you know, the social and community awareness is huge right now for a lot of brands and, and everyone mm -hmm. putting forth their sustainability efforts. Um, and so, I mean, you know, really it, it's important for all of us to be, 
you know, great corporate citizens and, and, and customers are demanding more of, you know, the brands that they buy from. And, and it, that's great. I mean, it's forcing everybody to do the right thing and make good decisions. Um, and so really, uh, what I would say is, um, you know, right now what we're, what we're trying to do is, is just understand our, the needs of our, our customers and deliver to them um, as that constantly changes and, and evolves what it is that they need from Hyundai. Mm -hmm. And we're there and, for them. And, and could you share a little bit of that? Like what have you, what have you found that um, the, the customer base is now looking for? What are they, what are the expectations when they, when they start to, um, you know, get into the market for maybe their first car or maybe their kid's first car, or they're looking to upgrade. What are some of those, those points that really drive home um, that value and that expectation? Sure. I, I hate to say it, but uh, buying a vehicle has not always been a joyous experience. And so um, really now I, I think the customers are in the driver's seat. And, and I, I think it's great, again, for progress, for everything. And so um, we are trying to be respectful of their time. Um, you know, a, a process that sometimes takes three, four hours and, and maybe over several days, it, you know, that's not necessary any longer. I, you know, I mean, I think Genesis set the bar uh, with the direct sales, you know, everything available online at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. um, and even Hyundai, I mean, with our click to buy and, and, you know, prioritizing again, customers time and being able to start the process, whether you're at home mm -hmm. or whether you're at the dealership and continue where you left off. And again, these are tools that will continue to evolve to make sure that, you know, we are there, um, you know, for exactly however you need us. I mean, again, going back to Genesis and a lot of Hyundai dealers today where we come to you. And, and so, you know, respecting it, if you're not comfortable to come into a dealership or, or your you know, schedule does not permit, then, you know, we will come to your house. We will come to your home. I mean, again, it's, it's more of that personalization and, and building relationships with our customers. Yeah, I really like that aspect of personalization and, and uh, the more bespoke uh, approach to being able to communicate what you guys are able to provide um, at Hyundai for for uh, for a new auto owner and what they're interested in. How about forecasting? Put on your forecasting hat. So looking beyond 2022, looking over the next five years, and obviously the the big shift to um, uh, electric vehicles is, is is on a lot of people's minds with with governments offering you know, very specific kickbacks and incentive programs. What do you think is going to be, and again, blue sky, what is going to be something that, uh, that you think you're going to have to focus on in the automotive industry going into the next five, 10 years? Well, I, I think again, from the personalization, it's going to be even more heavily demanded. I mean, we are, mm -hmm. we are working on all kinds of algorithms where, you know, ideally I will be making up your mind for you. No, <laughs> kidding. Scary, an, an, not scary. An NFT of your car. Exactly. Your car. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, again, how, how do we try to make more meaningful connections? And so I think, yes, metaverses, um, NFTs, and, and everything is just changing so quickly. And so how does each brand play in these spaces? to make their mark, right? Um, I think even, you know, you're seeing a lot more collaborations and I, and I don't think that that will go away. And I mean, I think, you know, brands, you know, leveraging each other to make themselves more re relevant and expand their reach. Um, and so there is so much pressure to innovate and be first. Um, and so I, I think that those that are very well connected in the tech space and, and a lot of software, um, I think will have the advantage in the future. I really appreciate that insight. I think there's like, I mean, I mean, 
the type of options you can have right now for something as simple as food delivery versus something that's going to be as important as your your first vehicle or something that you use to uh, travel and get around and it's it's so interesting what the potential is when it comes to that kind of customization and forward-looking aspect um well and daryl maybe just before you move on so i mean obviously the future right now is electric right and and yes. i mean this is a whole new segment um, which, you know, customers need to be educated and how does this fit into your lifestyle, right? And so there's, there's overcoming that, you know, I believe the stat is like one in three, no, sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to rewind. A third of yeah, Canadians yeah. are considering their next vehicle purchase to be an EV and 50% mm -hmm. have actually purchased one, right? So the adoption rates are quickly, um, you know, increasing and, you know, Hyundai, again, trying to pro provide tools to take away range and um, charging anxiety and any technology concerns that they would have these vehicles. And really, I think this is more of a, a stopgap measure. And, and truthfully, uh, the technology is well ahead of the infrastructure. And, and that's really a lot mm -hmm. of the bottleneck today. Uh, but so, mm -hmm. yeah, from electrification to how do we truly get to that carbon neutrality? Right. And, and, you know, does that, does that more hydrogen fuel cell and, and, you know, yes, I would say yes. <laughs> and uh, autonomous driving. Right. And I mean, really, yeah. you know, given where we are, it was only three years from now that they first anticipated that we would have fully autonomous vehicles. I mean, that's not on the schedule that we had thought. So how quickly does that come? How does it play? And, and again, it, it's more of an infrastructure challenge and you can see more, you know, like you said, governments, cities getting involved and, and, and trying to uh, prepare for the future. And, uh, and I'm grateful to say, you know, Hyundai is, uh, is at the forefront of uh, leading a lot of these initiatives. Yeah, I really appreciate you stopping and, and getting more into these details. That actually makes me um, want to ask a couple more questions in this space. So when it comes to autonomous driving, um, Christina, as, as, as yourself, and not as a representative of Hyundai, but as yourself, when you look forward at this, this is something where, you know, you growing up around automobiles, this was something where it was just like, that's, that's space talk, you know, that's probably Back that's to the future. That's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's something that um, was unimaginable. Now, as we are, like you said, three years away from the date where they were predicting that it was going to be a you know full scale autonomous driving across you know major urban centers, and we're not we're not there yet. What are those challenges that you see that has to be overcome for for that to be adopted? And that this can be from a technology standpoint. This can be from uh, a, a you know a public education standpoint. This can be from from a government and regulation standpoint. But what are what are those what are those major challenges in, in getting there? Because Lord knows, I'd love something like that. I would love to just <laughs> sit and chat and not have to worry about driving and knowing I'm going to get where I'm going safely. Exactly. Uh, you know, being able to multitask and uh, yeah. be very productive on yeah, your commute in. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I think we're, we're learning to walk before we run. Um, again, I think the technology is there. I mean, most of our vehicles today have many autonomous driving, mm. you know, features in them, if you will. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, you know, we're, we're just getting comfortable with that. I mean, even still, uh, depending on how, you know, when you bought your last vehicle. And then, so I guess how new it is and if it's equipped with these type of features, 
there are some people who are still hesitant, right? And so I think, you know, just like the EV adoption, again, there's education required and, you know, maybe mm -hmm. a little bit of practice and demonstration and, and, you know, exposure to it that I don't, it's not something that definitely would ever happen overnight, right? Um, so, uh, you know, from that perspective, I think, is, is, are people ready for it? Um, some, some are ready and, and, and some are not. I mean, there's obviously so many concerns that you would have of, you know, being a passenger in there and not having control. And, and so again, mm -hmm. things that would naturally just go through your mind. So again, it's not that something's going to, you know, be a solution tomorrow. And I mean, there's all kinds of various, you know, um, really uh, implementation plans that they would have to roll this type of thing where, you know, the, the follow type, uh, I don't know if you've heard of that, but there's, you know, the trucks where you basically have two, two vehicles driving in like a convoy convoy. Exactly. Yeah. And so really it, because again, it's almost that infrastructure of, of the sensors being able to read off the vehicle in front of it, that enables it to, you know, move exactly where you need it to and stop when required. Right. Um, so again, there, there's lots of learnings to go through with infrastructure and, and, you know, not visibility on every road, you know, no lines on every road. Again, I, I think it's something that will take some time to your point. It will be an implementation plan that rolls out in, in certain areas to start. Um, and I think eventually we'll continue to, to grow and adapt. I think, I think when it comes to what you're, what you explained to me is, is extremely layered, right? Like there's going to be responsibilities from the, from a government perspective, from a regulation standpoint, there's going to have to be, uh, obviously brand responsibilities. And then beyond that, the comfort level of people and getting people adjusted to trusting their vehicles or trusting the technology at this point, it is something that is quite interesting because it is one of the more, and this probably isn't the right word, but invasive, like you're taking away control of of someone's ability to to drive their vehicle and and really not not even really that it's just an option that you can turn on for your vehicle so it, it's it's very layered and what your answer was really good at doing was explaining all those granular details that have to go into the considerations for it yes and i think the other thing we have to remember again from from it not being an overnight success is that we will see it and again start to develop that comfort where you know certain industries like trucking uh, may adopt it. Mm. And so really it's more of delivery service and, and, you know, not any passengers truly involved and yet maybe still fulfilling the, um, challenge of truck driver shortages. And, and so, you know, there's a, a double win potentially of something that we might see first again, before it enters the mainstream and would really, you know, affect everyday drivers. It reminds me of remember when Google glass first came out like two years ago and Yes. Yeah, I don't know what, you know, what you, what your interpretation of it, but for me, that technology, I was like all about, it. I was so bullish and, and with antisocial, I was like, Hey, we got to figure out how to start, you know, marketing within what we can now call the metaverse, right? We need to start figuring out how to market in the AR and a VR environment. Google glass is going to change. Everyone's going to have Google glass. And here we are two years later and no one's really properly integrated AR into their day-to-day -day lifestyle. I feel like autonomous driving like you said, technology is there, but the challenges is, is far beyond it. It's very similar. I mean, I can't wait till that happens, but I can't imagine a world where it can happen within the next couple of years just from. Oh, definitely not. I mean, I think it's, it's definitely at least 10 years away plus uh, at this point. And I think it, it's even a, a space that, 
you know, there's so many unknowns. And so even from a venture capital perspective, yeah. it, it's difficult for people to want to take that risk right now, having, you know, maybe not met original projections, right? So, um, no, it, 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 it's tricky. I mean, we're going to keep a close eye on it. And, and you know, obviously every automobile maker is working towards something. Um, but, you know, no, Hyundai's really doing a great job in, in, you know, truly trying to be a mobility mover. And, and I mean, you can see all kinds of articles today of even working with the city of Miami on, you know, air travel. And so um, I think, you know, there will be a lot of change in this industry for the first time in a long time. That's really exciting. Um, I'd love to pivot on, on my question, my next question. Sure. Here. So you obviously have a lot on your plate. You are uh moving in besides your your education which which is crazy that you're fitting in time to do that good on you um i'd love to understand what what you want to foster and develop and grow within your department going into the rest of this year um and not knowing how big your team is um or your direct reports what are some of the what are some of the the major uh developments that you're hoping to grow within your department this year so from I, I would say to start with that, that um, redefining the Hyundai brand for Canadians. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it, it's been over 35 years in this fabulous country. And uh, I think it, it's time that uh, the brand has earned, um, you know, an opportunity to potentially pivot to what it means and, and uh, the messaging and, and really the, um, the feeling that I want uh, a consumer to um, to feel when they're looking at the at Hyundai, like I know, I, I hear what <laughs> yes. you're saying. Like, I... Something that permeates with them for the for the with the brand, yes. Yeah. And so and so, um, you know, really trying to ensure that um, again the recognition and the awareness and is there. And so you know, we're we're a massive global brand, and so we do have a lot of cues that we can leverage. But ensuring that that gets executed tactically across all mediums in mm -hmm. every message. I mean, there there is a lot of housekeeping that I've come into. And, and from a point of, again, coming from a business perspective of, you know, being able to put some rigor and process um, and measurements around a lot of the stuff that we're doing so that we can ensure that we're making, you know, informed decisions and, yeah. and always making constant improvements. Um, so, so really, you know, working, collaborating across teams where, you know, I, the first thing I did when I joined uh, this department was to uh, restructure. Um, and, you know, we used to have a digital silo. Uh, we no longer have that. Uh, that is now integrated into everybody's role. And, mm -hmm. and so uh, where we've gone back to some basics of, you know, the creative brief and, you know, who should be involved in that process? Who actually needs to be briefed in? And again, thinking of every step along the way and how this will um, impact our consumer or be absorbed by our consumer. And again, not just from a sales perspective, but large organizations, so many other brand touch points out there from an after sales perspective mm -hmm. uh, to different CRM initiatives. And so just ensuring that we're all aligned. And so really, I want that one constant voice um, that really puts Hyundai's best foot forward. You know, another thing for the brand and, and which we're trying to replicate here and in, in our country is, is the sustainability message and the importance of, you know, of, you know, a better tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, I, I, I'm a mother, I have children, um, you know, so I think it is very important that everybody, you know, take responsibility and, and, and try to do better. And so um, ensuring that, you know, we are doing our part in all of that and celebrating the wins and, and even from the network who, you know, decides to, you know, build a dealership uh, with different 
different sustainability, um, you know, inputs into their, you know, lead certified building, anything counts at this point. Yeah. And so, um, you know, really, again, celebrating that from, from across the country and, uh, you know, more of a play, you know, connecting with the consumer. So like when we talk about, um, socials obviously also picked up, um, Social has been uh, a very important new tactic for us that we're spending a lot of time concentrating on mm -hmm. because we do feel that that best reaches um, the real Canadian drivers out there. So we're looking to uh, tomorrow's International Women's Day. We're launching a new campaign. I mean, we're, we're trying to get people more involved with the brand, you know, owners, you know, engaged with everything that we do to become, you know, lifetime advocates. Um, and so with that, we're again, what, what, what are important to Canadians? And so I think in the future, you're going to see uh, a lot of things that Hyundai will be involved in from even sponsorship opportunities um, that will really try to make sure that we're, you know, grassroots connected across this country. Wow. Sounds like a huge undertaking. A lot of layers to it, but thank you for sharing. I think that you have, you definitely have your work cut out from you just from that little spiel right there. <laughs> um, and there's so much more I'm, I'm leaving off that I almost forgot where your question started. I know sometimes I'm a talker. <laughs> that's actually how I gauge a good question is if we can talk about multiple things and it leads into the next one. So no, that, that is very clear. I think, I think you've done a really good job of explaining to, to me and the audience kind of what you're hoping to grow and foster within your department. And it's clear that you came in and you already, you already caused quite a, quite a disturbance is the wrong word, but you came in and you restructured yeah. and you integrated digital. Absolutely. Exactly. Disruption. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I would just add to that now that I reheard your question, I was reminded um, that I think one of the biggest things um, that I actually was looking to grow and, and, you know, why I became part of this team was to grow the people. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of great talented individuals on the team. Um, and I think it's always important to, um, you know, for to share the again uh, the different perspectives that I have with their marketing expertise to really well round different individuals to basically build that set of the next generation of leaders of the organization. Mm -hmm. So that's been a big part of it too. And hopefully you can get to uh, to teach them how to actually pop the hood open, fix a car with your background too. <laughs> um, well, that's that brings us to the end of uh, kind of these long form questions. I do have a couple rapid file questions for you. So these are just, there's no wrong answer as, as always, just gut reaction. Um, and the whole purpose of this is for our audience to get to know you a little bit more genuinely and, and kind of hear your, your raw response to things. So um, I'm going to switch on over. So first rapid fire question is what was your first job? And this can be under the table. Uh, no legit paycheck too, if you want to share. I didn't work under the table, no. <laughs> uh, so I actually started in hospitality. It's in my DNA. Um, that's actually the slogan of the company I worked for. Um, so I worked at Peter Paul's as a, as a server. Nice. Uh, when I was in high school. <laughs> nice, nice. Are you, uh, are you a night owl or are you an early bird? Definitely a night owl. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was the, the last charity you, you supported either financially or, or with your time and, and why? So does the Princess Margaret Lottery Hospital, hospital lottery count? <laughs> I feel that self-serving. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I were regular supporters of United Way and Sick Kids. And uh, I also uh, participate in those, those great sports tournaments that they have throughout the year. Uh, we do as a company and I'm always participating in that. Nice. What sports do you play? 
Uh, so I used to be a great soccer player. Um, <laughs> recently with sick kids, it's mostly volleyball. Um, and I think just now they tried to do something this winter uh, with skiing at Blue Mountain, but with the pandemic, it, uh, it, w- it wasn't off to a good start. So we'll support them. We'll get them next year, next season. Blue Mountain. I've heard lots about this Blue Mountain bunny hill. Oh, you live out west. So yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what, uh, what is like the app on your phone that you cannot live without? Email does not count. Instagram for sure. Oh yeah. I would say that's my escape. I'm not big on social media. I actually only got into Instagram because of my children's school. Um, and now it's been years. <laughs> so, um, I shouldn't say I'm not big. I, I try to fight it. I, uh, I refuse to go onto other apps at this point, but Instagram is, uh, is definitely more than once a day. Yeah. So no TikTok account for you yet. No, no. I, 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 I want Hyundai there. We're going to start playing there. I've been very clear with that, but uh, not for me. No, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it from a personal standpoint <laughs> or if you do set a, set a timer on it. Cause my goodness, TikTok's figured something out about how to keep people on their platform. I get to see them anyways. They overflow into everything. It's great. They're doing fantastic. Um, you are a young mother. What is, uh, what is one of your secrets you can give to other young mothers that you, that can, can learn from your last little bit as a mother hmm a secret I would say stay calm <laughs> take a deep breath <laughs> make time for yourself <laughs> uh, no I, I, I think uh, patience I mean I, I think I know I work in such a fast dynamic mm-hmm. industry and I'm constantly on the go and you and, love speed. Uh, and, uh, I do and uh, and sometimes you know it, it's not fair, I guess I should say that, uh, you know, I have to be more understanding of my audience. And so these little people need their mother and uh, I need to often slow down and, and listen and understand and make sure that I'm there for them. So that's, that's well, if, if you're there for them, you just can't do it wrong. So appreciate it. Um, this one's a fun one. What would your superpower be? Oh, sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I would say to, I don't know, always be ready. I feel like the finding time, again, going back to the time, it's just everything is uh, is very consuming at this moment. So being able to have more time to prep and, and do things um, of interest versus uh, keeping up. I think that's the challenge, especially with the pandemic right now. It's so many virtual meetings and, and, you know, trying to make time for people. And, and so it, uh, it's becoming exhausting. I am ready for, uh, you know, the new way post pandemic. Um, but yeah, just, I think just having more time to, to be prepared and focus on other things other than the, the regular day to day is something that, I mean, that's not a superpower, but that's what I really want. I was going to say <laughs> that is the most, conservative desperation desperation answer to that question i think i ever heard what i want (laughs) oh man okay it was great to have you on on the show um you did great for your first podcast episode uh hearing how busy you are i definitely really appreciate the time so don't take that lightly but thank you for sharing your history and um our audience is going to love this episode well, that's great. Thank you, Daryl. Um, it was a pleasure speaking. Very exciting experience. Um, and I would just encourage everyone to follow, subscribe to Hyundai, watch what we're doing. 
Lots coming down the pipeline. And their new TikTok coming up. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you, Christina. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors Travis Jeffers and The Podfather.